news every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. And welcome back to Soul to Soul. I'm Rabbi Ari Kivan. Great to be with you again. Today, we will be concluding the series we've been doing over the past couple of weeks called Crime and Consequence. Now, the truth is, I will continue with some of the lessons here on the radio, but in our live interactive classes that we do at Chabad, and this evening will be our sixth lesson. It's going to take place at 7.15 p.m. at Santon Central Shul, the Chabad Gunnison Kana Center. You're most welcome to join us where you'll have a chance to participate and to read the texts and to get an idea of the concepts that we're discussing. Now, over the past weeks, we've been discussing different aspects and elements of dealing with crime and the consequences of crime. But as they say, an ounce of prevention is worth more than a pound of cure. So today we're going to look at what can be done to address crime before it actually happens. The best way to improve, whether it's the criminal justice system or our entire system, how does Dale Carnegie say the best way to avoid a fight is not to get into one. And in a sense, if we could keep people out of trouble, then we're in a great place. That sounds utopian, doesn't it? Well, today we'll look at a little bit of some of the ideas, some of the things we could do for, indeed, a more utopian world, a more, I'd love to say messianic era, but these are very practical things within our own feasibility that we don't need God to send Mashiach for this. Of course we want Mashiach now, not just now, but my point is that these are things within our own feasibility. Not that Mashiach isn't. We could storm the heavens. We could anticipate and precipitate the coming of Mashiach. But that's a separate discussion. So the point I'd like to express today is how Judaism has long recognized the role of societal factors when crimes are committed. And I'm talking about, we look around in our own society here. What causes crime to happen? I'm one who was a victim of crime. We had a horrendous robbery in our home not too long ago. And one looks, one, when one explores why is it that there are people in this country who are resorting to crime to help themselves to, for whatever reason, you could look at greed, you could look at, uh, all types of excuses people have from poverty to entitlement to unemployment, those are all significant good reasons. But today, when we're back after our important ad announcements in a moment, I want to discuss the roots of criminal behavior. And maybe we could touch on a few specific preventative cures, little proposals that we could discuss that hopefully we can implement to reduce crime in our society. We'll be right back. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 FM. Today is the first day of Rosh Chodesh Tomorrow is the second, and you are invited back to school. King David, tune in to Morning Mayhem, the Balagam Babakar, tomorrow morning. So the questions we're addressing today, very specifically, is how could we prevent crime in our society? And a very common reaction is that we have to be tough and smart on crime. And 
one of the ideas we're going to be discussing, you most welcome to join us for this lecture, is rather to be more proactive to prevent crime. It's not about reaction, but Judaism is very much about proactivity. Again, people say we got to prevent crime to protect the good citizens from the bad ones. We were the victims from those terrible criminals, and indeed we were. But from the Torah perspective, the point of dealing with criminals is not only to protect society at large, to protect the masses, but rather everyone is created in the divine image, including the criminal themselves. And therefore, we have to help both the potential victims and the potential offenders. And we can help them by instilling within them that conscience that they actually possess recognizing the divinity, the spark of God within them, that hopefully will motivate one to be a better person and not to commit the crimes which they do. Again, another discussion is about education, which very much in society today is about teaching skills, knowledge, information. But the Torah very much emphasizes, while all that is important and true, how we also have to include character development, our moral ethics and values, those are all important parts of educating children from a very young age. And again, exploring, examining the human conscience that ensures that moral behavior. We have to understand and and see the different forms of dishonesty, dishonesty that exists. So those coming tonight will have a fun activity from... Professor Don Ariely, where he explores why it is that sometimes we justify immoral behavior. We even think sometimes that we're not behaving immorally, that everything we do is okay. Now, one of the root causes of crime is that the natural state of the human being. If we look at ourselves, we possess two souls. And one is our animalistic tendencies, which are untamed, which are selfish, which behave instinctively. Of course, we have to acknowledge and recognize our godly soul as well. So Judaism teaches that we outgrow those instincts. We tame, we control them. But that all comes only by properly educating and disciplining ourselves. If that education and discipline is not implemented, then we don't outgrow them. A lot of modern educational system is premised on the notion that it is sufficient for children to just accumulate knowledge, information, wisdom, all those ideas that we learn in school, the different subjects, it's a lot of information. And by, if you have it in your reservoirs and your, in your mind, ah, fantastic. You'll be very, you'll be intellectually superior to others. But it's not just about having a repertoire of information. You see, because learning is not only about ideas that interest us, which, of course, there's many things that interest us. It has to also be about our behavior, about shaping our very character, who we are. And so if we look at the school system today, I'm not only referring to our own Jewish school system, I'm talking about a global educational system. There should be certainly a lot more focus on teaching children about the character, the values, the moral intelligence, not only the information that we discuss, And of course, if that's the case, it certainly will result in adults who 
will be more in control of their behavior. We'll have a heightened sense of empathy, of personal integrity. They'll be less inclined to engage in criminal activity. You see, I got this amazing video that I watched and again planning to show it this evening about how humans rationalize dishonesty in various ways. And that's one reason why Jewish tradition insists that our moral integrity must be anchored not just in our own conscience or in our own belief system, but rather it has to be in something superior to that. Of course, as Jews, we believe in the Torah's values, which are universal. And if we recognize that the Torah is God's given mandate to us, then we recognize that parents have to raise their children with these values that are rooted in a genuine and mindful belief in God. You see, any moral culture will tell you that it's unethical to steal, that it's immoral to kill. But again, that's based on our own mind. Look in this country how a government that I would say probably was cultured, knowledgeable, well-educated, yet we know what crimes they committed. What about our own people in our history experiencing heinous evils, again, from cultured nations and people, not just barbaric, archaic, crazy monsters? And that's because their system was based on a justification, where they felt justified in their behavior. So today, if we could recognize, in the Ten Commandments, the reason why we observe not to kill and not to steal is not just because those are commandments that make sense to us, but rather because Almighty God instructed us. And if schools today were to begin with a moment of silence, where students were able to, in a non-coercive way, without any particular religion being indoctrinated in them, but rather to just accept to recognize a superior being and to reflect, to meditate, to contemplate on a world, on a much better world. I think that would make a big difference. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. And so, ladies and gents, I'm going to share with you a few key points of our discussion. And you're most welcome to join us at 7.15 p.m. this evening at the Kirsch Goodness and Kindness Center in Santon Central, where we'll give you texts and videos and PowerPoint and interactive discussions along with our Kahoot comp- uh, poll answering questions. So let's just go through a few important points that we're going to touch on. From a Jewish perspective, the primary method, method of dealing with crime is to proactively take measures that prevent crime before it actually occurs. That is the Jewish perspective, is proactive, being proactive, not reactive. Again, here's a fascinating case study we're going to look at, is how in ancient Israel, to, pre- to prevent crimes, it was actually incumbent upon the members of the Sanhedrin, of the ancient Jewish court of law, that they had to travel the land extensively to teach morality to the masses. And we're going to discuss a specific biblical study, a particular case where the Sanhedrin were at blame for a horrendous 
heinous crime that was committed because they had the responsibility of teaching the masses and they didn't live up to it. Today, indeed, it's the teachers, it's the judges, it's the rabbis. It is the leaders who have to give the right message, be the right role models. So while one goal of crime prevention is obviously to reduce suffering of us, the victims, but there's another point that we mentioned earlier is actually to be there for the criminals, to stop them from ruining their own lives. So crime prevention is not a zero-sum game where just law-abiding citizens are are protected from the criminals, but rather from a Torah perspective, we're going to discuss what can be done to help criminals to prevent them even from offending and those who have offended how to be rehabilitated. There are a number of ideas that we're going to talk about crime prevention and we're going to discuss them both from a societal perspective as well as from Talmudic literature. And obviously we have to look at deterrences and about whatever it might be that is going to incapacitate criminals. We could look at things that we mentioned previously like poverty and unemployment, discrimination, but the number one and most important point that we're going to discuss is focusing on our own personal virtues, our values, our moral character, and how one could develop themselves in the most appropriate way. And to talk about what could be done in schools across the board, across the country, in fact, across the universe, that will hopefully, with the appropriate education, could result in adults who, with self-control, with a heightened sense of empathy and personal integrity, will hopefully be good upstanding citizens, never to engage in criminal activity. And so, today, we're going to look at the fudge factor, which is why it is that we rationalize different forms of dishonesty. Why does it happen that we could say, oh, it's a multi-billion dollar company, it's okay if I do whatever I'm doing. Moral behavior requires recognizing that we're not the final arbiters on what's right or wrong, and that something beyond us renders certain activities, actions that should be off limits. And this is why the Torah insists that these commandments are rooted on a recognition of Almighty God. So if we could enact appropriately, whether it's a moment of silence that the Rebbe very much encouraged, or whatever way to educate our children in the right with the right beliefs, then I certainly I think this will encourage children to have these discussions with their parents about their family's values, about their beliefs, about who they are, what they stand for. And parents will instruct their children what to think about in those moments of reflection, that moment of silence. And no doubt that those who could think of a higher, superior being, of God's presence. There was a study that showed, actually, how those who acknowledged the Ten Commandments were more moral. So this is something we're going to be discussing in greater detail. And please get up in the coming weeks. We're going to explore some of the other ideas right here on Soul to Soul on 101.9 Chai FM. For now, ladies and gents, I want to wish you a fabulous Shabbos, a pleasant, meaningful weekend. And it's Rosh Chodesh Adar Beis. So if you weren't joyous for the past month, now's the time to jump on the bandwagon and to start experiencing true joy this month of Adar. Cheers, have a great Shabbos, and see you back here. Same time, same place.
next week.